0: That's in the air, this took the air Jarvis underneath it, will catch and He's got good hands, he's got him, yes he has Jarvis in the deep, having fumbled all night He's the big one And we're in the air And we're now Couch Talk Hello and welcome to Couch Talk The guest today is former Australian captain And also the former head coach of India, Greg Chappell He talks about his time as an Indian head coach The role of a cricket coach his relationship with Rahul Dravid as captain, and as well as the kind of media access he provided, amongst other things. Welcome to the show, Greg. Thanks, Sabesh. It's absolutely my pleasure having you on. It's been seven years since your job as head coach of Indian team came to an end. You know, how do you reflect on your tenure, the job that you did with India, and how would you have dealt with it knowing what you know now?
1: Oh, look, I mean, I look back on it with um, a great deal of fondness. It was a wonderful um, period and, um, you know, a great opportunity and a great honour to get to coach one of the other great countries in in world cricket. Um, You know, I've obviously reflected on it. Um, You know, I don't really want to go back into – the, the whole thing and, uh, and rehash things. I think you know, the world's moved on. I've moved on and individuals have moved on. Um, you know, I, as I say, I look back on it with a great deal of fondness. It was a wonderful um, professional opportunity. It was a wonderful personal opportunity. My wife and I had a wonderful time while we were there and made some some great friends. I think there were um, periods where it um, it was very successful and um, a lot of good things were achieved. There were other um, aspects of it that um, weren't quite so successful. I'm not particularly interested in going and saying what I would do differently. Um, you know, I did the best uh, that I could with what I had at the time um, as far as making decisions about uh, what I thought was in the best interests of uh, of Indian cricket, and that's all you can hope to do.
0: Mm, fair enough okay i won't go into details of what happened uh, but you know coming into the job itself you, know, you had a reputation as one of the best batsmen to ever play the game and in a way sort of you know that preceded you uh, your reputation preceded you into the job as a global perspective what would you like to see what sort of dynamic that you'd expect you know you would players that you're going to be coaching because you had this aura around you, about you. Um, perhaps it uh, intimidates players.
1: Yeah, maybe I can't speak for others, um, and you know, maybe it, uh, it it created an expectation that um, maybe was unrealistic. Um, you know, coaching and playing are very different. Um, you know, I've enjoyed my coaching experiences through the years I think it's probably the nearest thing to to playing the game Uh, you know I've been a commentator I've been a selector I've been a journalist Um, I think the you know playing was obviously the the most enjoyable and uh, the most challenging part of it but coaching would be a very close second I think um, you know it's great to be able to work with with players and um, perhaps pass on some of your knowledge and and experience Um, you can't Give something to players. You you know you can't give something that you've got to to them. All you can do is is work with them where they're at and where they where they need to go. Um, my expectations, I suppose, was um, you know going into the job was that you know was India was a um, terrific cricket uh, country and a very good cricket team. Um, I have a philosophy that uh, no team is a finished article. That you're always trying to improve. Um, I. Was looking to uh, Indian cricket to improve and become the the best in the world because I think that's where where they should be with the the resources that the, that they have and the um, you know the love of the game that is is there. I think that is an expectation and should be an expectation. Um, so I wanted all of the players to continue their own personal improvement and the the team as a whole to to get better and that's. It's what we worked on. Um, Some players bought into it, others not quite so much.
0: Hmm. Uh, That's an interesting point you raise, uh, because in your book, Fierce Focus, you mention about the frustration that you felt in not bringing out the best in a player like uh, Virinda Sawag. And you mentioned that in an article uh, later on as well in the Hindu newspaper column. Perhaps you couldn't get the best out of him, but there was a time uh, after he left, Gary Kirsten comes in and somehow he's able to get Sehwag out of his shell and, you know, do uh, as well as he could. But since he left, Sehwag has struggled. You know, with the experience of what you know, you know, how do you think you would challenge him to bring out his best or someone like Sewag?
1: Well, I think, you know, everyone relates to um, people differently and, um, you know, Veranda was at a stage in his career when he was quite comfortable with what he was doing and he didn't particularly want to to make any changes. I, I, I He didn't want to work particularly hard on his, uh, his fitness and I think all of those things were going to uh, catch up with him at some stage. If he didn't work on them, uh, he did start to work on them. You know after I left, and I think that benefited him for for a period of time, whether he continued working on it or not i don 't know but um you know Brenda is probably one of the most naturally gifted players that i 've ever seen um, as a ball striker i don 't think there have been many better than. Mm-hmm. Than Verenda, and uh, you know, all I was trying to do was to get him to understand that he had that talent and he needed to try and maximise it, not only for his own benefit, but for for the benefit of Indian cricket. Um, you know, it's not for me to judge whether he did or he didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, as I said before, I did the best that I could with with what I had. Uh, it obviously wasn't enough to motivate Varenda to want to work harder on his on his game. I must say that, you know, in the time that we were there, um, you know, there were probably two periods where he did work hard on his game and he benefited greatly from it. But he wasn't uh, either able to or interested in continuing to work that hard.
0: There was an interesting aspect to your coaching tenure with India, which was that, you know, you try to provide access to the media in a way it hasn't been done before or since. Did you think that it kind of opened you up for a lot more scrutiny, you know, warranted or otherwise, and left you in a vulnerable position considering the volume of the media in India? You know, by volume, I mean just the numbers as well as the shrillness of it.
1: Uh, Possibly. I mean, it was a choice that I made. I have I wanted to be open, and uh, you know, quite happy to be uh, under the, the scrutiny. And I wanted to try and bring the the media and the the people of India along for the, the journey of what we were trying to achieve. Um, it um, you know, and worked in some ways. It didn't work in uh, in other ways. Um, you know, there was a lot of uh, a lot of scrutiny, as you say. Uh, it's probably the um, you know the biggest challenge in the in the job. And I think um, you know others have chosen not to. Try and invite the media along for the for the ride, and maybe they 've been the smarter ones
0: <laughs> all right um, I, I want to talk about coaching uh, from a you know wider perspective these days, you have specialized coaches for you know batting, bowling fielding, and mental conditioning, so on and so forth. You came in with your background in batting, so you could even though as a, as a head coach, you could develop up as a batting coach but if you were to hire someone to help you with batting, what would you want in a batting coach?
1: Well, I think you know, the I think you can have too many voices and um, you know too much um, different opinion uh, around the group. I think you've got to decide you know which way you you want to go um, what you want to see from a, from your cricket team how you want them to play and uh, it's more based on the broader philosophy. I, you know, I, I think coaching in many ways is um, is misunderstood. Um, mm-hmm. you know, that it's not just about the technical aspects of the, the game. Obviously, that's part of it, but uh, the mental side of the game and and the way you train for for what you want to do, I think, is a, is a critical part of it. And you know, one of the things that we tried to change was the way that uh, the team you know, practiced for. You know whatever whether it was a test match or whether it was a limited overs game to have specific um, uh, ideas in mind of um, perhaps uh, particular aspects of the game, for instance in the in the one day game um india 's record at the time chasing um, was uh, you know disappointing. And we set out to um, change that, and I think largely we did change that, and, and that was basically by practicing specific uh, game scenarios, um, getting players to think about the sort of roles that they were going to play, um, making the roles um, flexible rather than just a, a batting lineup 1 to 11, that there were situational. Uh, players uh, and, and uh, you know, Dhoni was one. Uh, Yuvraj Singh was another one. You know they were key batsmen in the the middle order, and Dhoni finished up becoming uh, the the best finisher in the in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, someone who could read situations and and play situations very well. And yeah, you know, we talked a lot about that, and um, you know, we practiced that a lot. So. I think, as I say, that um, you know, coaching is largely misunderstood. Um, I don't think you you need too many um, off the field experts. Um, I think it's really just a matter of trying to marshal the the talent that you've got and and getting them to play the the type of cricket that uh, you want to play. Uh,
0: you know, uh, I want to get your input on you know how you see a batting coach, his role versus um, the role of a bowling coach. For example, you know when at the highest level of the game, the batsman generally, you know, you're not going to teach him how to hold a bat and basic techniques of the game. Whereas from a bowling point of view, you may have 17-year-olds, 18-year-olds coming in who are quite raw. So as a head coach, how do you see these two assistant coaches carrying out the roles? And what do you expect? What do you want in your bowling coach? What sort of expertise?
1: The expectations are not not that uh, that great, really. I mean, you need your your specialist coaches to observe and to see if there are any issues that need to be uh, dealt with. Um, again, I think it's largely about the philosophy of what type of team you want, how you want to go about your your bowling. Um, you know, you got choices, I suppose, of whether you're trying to take wickets and uh, you know play in a, a positive. Brand of the game, or whether you're trying to, you know, contain runs, and at different stages in different games, you'll you'll be mixing the two, or moving between the the two. There'll be times when you can attack. There'll be times when you you need to defend. Um, you know, again, looking at uh, what we we did with the Indian team was to try and you know put a team together that would take wickets as quickly as possible and uh, make their runs as quickly as possible to give um, the team. You know, time to win test matches and in in one day cricket you know I've always believed that the easiest way to stop uh, the opposition from scoring is to keep taking wickets on a regular basis so uh, you know a positive approach there is also important getting the right mix of, uh, of bowlers and the right mix of batsmen you know um, we've all heard about partnerships in batting but I think there are partnerships in bowling as well and you want a variety of uh, of bowlers. Um it's no good having all left arm over the wicket bowlers um bowling at the same speed. Um you want a mixture of right and left handers, you want right handers who take it away, you want right handers who bring it back, um you want you know, left armers um, you know, doing different things as well. You've got your, your spinners. Um, again, you know, I, I prefer to, you know, look at trying to put a team together that's uh, capable of, of taking wickets, but if the wickets aren't falling, that at least they can bowl in, in partnerships that they, um, they bowl well together. So the, the bowling coach is really just, you know, trying to, um, uh, keep them, um, fit and confident, um, about their, their bowling, talk to them about their, uh, their plans um, you know whether they're you know, how they 're getting into an over how they 're getting into a spell, um, how they um, you know handle different situations if uh, all of a sudden. Um, the wickets stop falling and uh, you know, runs are, are, are coming quickly. How they can adjust to that, what fields they need need to set. You know, I think it's uh, it's much broader than just looking at the technical aspects of um, of the game. If someone's got um, technical problems, obviously you need to uh, need to be able to deal with them. But often um, that's easier done away from playing than it is during uh, periods
0: of playing. Of course. Uh, Would I be right in saying, uh, you know, looking from the outside, that the job of the bowling coach is actually a little more technically involved than the job of a batting coach?
1: Well, it can be, because uh, obviously, you know, technical deficiencies can, can cause problems, but Um, You know, again, I think it's overstated. I think that, um, you know, everyone has their own idiosyncrasies. Um, I mean, who could coach Lassith Malinga? Um, No one's ever bowled like that before. Um, So, you know, how are they going to understand his technique? You know, they'll, they'll they'll get to understand it and they'll get to recognize what works well and what doesn't work well. So if you've got a bowling coach, you want him to be able to do those sort of things and maybe help get him back on, on track. You know, Shane Warne was a great spin bowler. He had a mentor that he would talk to from time to time. And, uh, you know, invariably it was any um, problems that he got into were, were as much mental as they were physical, but the odd physical thing did creep in, and that's handy to have someone who can recognize that and, and maybe sort it out before it becomes a a big problem. Um, yeah, and that 's what you want from your, your bowling coach i mean a batting coach I think is is very much the the same it 's you know recognizing what works for a player and noticing that if you know if things are going wrong what is uh, what 's changed uh, the first place i 'd look is um, in you know inside the head uh, as to you know what 's happening there whether they 're uh, confident um, how they 're thinking. What their, uh, what their sort of intent is when they go out to bat. Generally, when you're batting well, you, your intent is to go out there and look to score runs and stop the good ones. Um, when you're not batting so well, you, you get a little bit defensive and worry more about getting out and uh, stop moving and you become more vulnerable. So it's really just uh, trying to recognise just what state that the individual in, is in, whether he's a batter or a bowler, and, and help him accordingly.
0: There is a question from a listener, Karthike, and that is to do with the role of a head coach. Because modern day cricket, we have specialized assistant coaches, bowling, batting, fielding, etc., as you talked about. Now, especially in test cricket, when, you know, a team, whether it's going to do well or not, it's going to depend on whether they have high-quality fast bowlers who are performing close to their peak. And you have batsmen who are also, you know, functioning as well as they can. So in that sense, what does the head coach do, really, um, especially when you have specialized skill coaches?
1: The head coach is a more overall role. Obviously, it's about the, the philosophy and the game style and the game plan, um, how you know how practice sessions are, are run, what you're expecting to get out of those sessions, how they fit into the style of game that you want to play. Um, managing the, um, the support staff, uh, making sure that they're um, you know, abreast of what you want from, from your bowlers, what their roles might be, and from your batsmen what their roles might be and what their expectations are and how they go about um, you know, setting it up. So taking some pressure off the, the captain during um, the non-playing time so that the captain can prepare for his own uh, game. So it's a multifaceted role, and I think um, you know you, you need to have um, an understanding of all aspects of the game. Um, you know whilst I was primarily a batsman I, I did do um, quite a bit of bowling and you know have an understanding of of what um, the role of a bowler is and what some of the the difficulties of um, the role are. so you need to have an overall view of what's going on i don't think as a head coach you can afford to lose contact with the with the players um you know as to how they're training and what they're trying to get out of sessions Mm. but your specialist coach might if there's a need for um you know a little bit of work on on technique then you know you've got your specialist coach perhaps to take the the player for some extra sessions and um work on some specific things
0: Hmm. Uh, I want to talk a bit about uh, the coach-captain relationship. As a head coach, um, do you have a preference for a bowler or a batsman as a captain?
1: No, no preference. I think you, you want the best person for the for the job. I think historically you know, batsmen have um, been the ones that have uh, been preferred probably because um, they have longer careers um less injury problems you could have a bowler as your captain and then find he's out for three months with an injury um that's less likely to happen with a batsman but really whoever's the best person for the for the job is um as for the relationship i think it's got to be a strong working relationship um you know you know very professional and um you know respecting each other's Role and uh, each other's needs and, and requirements. You don't have to be the best of friends, but I think you have to have a good working relationship. Um, the captain, as far as I'm concerned, is the, uh, the boss on the, on the field. Um, off the field, I think it's a joint operation between the coach and the, the captain as to setting the, um, the expectations and, uh, you know, the game plan for, for the way that the, the team is to play.
0: Um, continuing on that, you know, uh, when Rahul Dravid became captain of India, you know, you guys struck a pretty good relationship. And uh, as you mentioned earlier, you know, you went on a streak of successful ODA run chases as well. But it ended with a tough World Cup in 2007. But what aspects of Rahul Dravid, the captain, the person and the batsman that allowed you to have a very strong working relationship with him?
1: Oh, I think I think we had uh, there was mutual respect. Uh, obviously, that was important. Um, but I think also philosophically, there were um, you know a lot of similarities, and um, you know, we were both aiming for the for the same thing. We wanted India to play a positive brand of cricket, and we wanted the Indian cricket team to be the the best team in the world um, at both formats, as there were only two at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that was what you know, what we set out to do. Uh, We worked very closely together. Um, Nothing, no decisions were ever taken, um, you know, without both of us heavily involved in it. And uh, I enjoyed that um, relationship and and the opportunity to to work with uh, Rahul, who's not only a very good cricketer, but a wonderful human being. And um, I I thought he was a good leader.
0: You've been working with the Australian under-19 team. How does the role... And responsibilities of a coach change when you're dealing with, when, or when you're handling the junior teams compared to, say, the national national squad.
1: They're not that far removed. Although I think you know there's a greater um, development requirement in the you know the youth champion programs. Obviously, um, it's not just about. Um, Picking the best team every time is not just about winning every game. Uh, Obviously winning is an important part of the learning process but the more important thing I believe is that um, it's about giving opportunities and as much experience in a variety of conditions and against a variety of teams uh, as possible so that they can uh, be prepared to move from youth cricket into uh, into, uh, senior cricket um, but you know, you, you, there's an element of that in um, you know the national team as well, where you uh, sometimes got to take opportunities to give players experience. Um, they may not be quite ready for that um, top level at that moment, but uh, without gaining some experience at that level, they may never be. So. There were, there were times uh, with the Indian team that we you know, took the opportunity to give players experience so that when we did need them, they had a bit of experience behind them. But uh, in youth cricket, it's very much about building up their bank of experiences to try and give them the chance to um, reach their potential as players.
0: I mean, that's something I wanted to ask you about your push for youth, in national teams. You know, you tried that with India, and when you were in the selectors panel in Australia, that was one of the running teams that, uh, you know, more young players need to be brought into the squad. But when you look at the current setup of the Aussie test team anyway, um, you have Buck Rogers back, who is 36, Brad Haddon, who is 36, Ryan Harris, who is 34 on one knee, um, so on and so forth. How do you reconcile with the fact that, you know, it's... The current Australian squad is kind of an antithesis of what you and others had envisioned just a few years ago.
1: Uh, yeah, superficially that may may look to be the the case, but I think you know players like um, David Warner and Steve Smith, uh, Pattinson, Stark, uh, Cummins, and others who have been given opportunities over over recent years um, will be very important cricketers for Australia in the future and uh, without those opportunities um, they may not have reached the their, um, the peak of their abilities either. So, look, I'm not certainly going to go into a, into a discussion about who's right and who's wrong. Um, you know, the Australian selectors are, are doing a good job at the moment and um, that's all you can, you can ask of them. But equally, I think, you know, you've got to look at a, a team, you know, where it's at today and where it might be tomorrow and you've got to keep taking some risks from time to time um, about, you know, from a selection point of view. And I think if you do not not prepared to take those risks um, at some stage or other, it will work against you.
0: Uh, interesting point. Uh, because, I mean, I don't question the fact that both jobs are tough, you know, as a coach as well as, as a selector. But as a selector, a lot of the times you're taking punts. Um, you know, you have a feeling about some players. Sometimes you bring them in perhaps even before they're ready and so on and so forth. So, having done the job, especially in the recent past that uh, you 've done of both coach as well as a selector, which one is harder or which one is easier
1: uh, look, I think they 've both got their their set of challenges um, i don 't know that one 's necessarily easier than than the other, and the, the two are quite interlinked mm-hmm. uh, largely i mean uh, it 's about sort of identifying talent and and um, you know seeing how that talent might fit into the into the game style that you you want to play you know I've been a believer all through my career and uh, as a player and as a coach that um, you know you want to play a positive brand of cricket trying to take the game forward so you uh, as a coach or as a selector you're looking for players who can can do that but equally you you need to have a balance and um, that balance is always the, the challenge to get the, the balance right. Um, it's not always just about performance. I think, um, you know, you got to be able to look past performance sometimes and see that, you know, a player has got something more than, um, is, um, necessarily obvious to the naked eye. I mean, David Warner is a, is a question in point. I mean, everyone uh, had David hold as a uh, as a 2020 cricketer, to be honest, and um, even his state team weren't picking him in long form cricket. Um, and you know, a number of us worked very hard to uh, not only get David to appreciate his uh, his talents, but to um, you know to get others to appreciate that he had more to offer than just being a you know barge and bash cricketer. That he was somebody who could actually play all forms of the game and be a very dynamic cricketer in in that so you know i think the challenge is there to be able to look past the uh, statistics sometimes to see what might actually be underneath mm. all
0: right finally greg uh, would you be open to taking up a national head coaching job if it were if it were to present itself to you well i don't think it's
1: likely to present itself to me for <laughs> for one thing um you know i'm um uh, Probably past the age of um, being looked upon in in that role i mean i'd love to uh, to do it obviously, but it's a very demanding job it's um you know you're on the road for the best part of ten months of the year, it's uh, demanding uh, in in many ways, physically and and emotionally. Um, it's a twenty four seven job. You're always thinking about it. Um, there's very little opportunities to get away from it and and freshen yourself up. And I think you need to be conscious of keeping yourself uh, fresh. So I, um, you know, as I say, I, I enjoyed every bit of it, um, but I'm not sure that I want to go back into that environment again, you know, being on the road for for so long. I'm at a stage of life where I've got grandchildren. I want to have, be involved in their life. Um, uh, and, you know, I've got other family members as well. So uh, the job of a, a head coach is very much, a single Mahen's job, or someone who wants to be single soon, and uh, I'm not in that category, so I'm not really looking for a role.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. Thanks a lot for uh, being on the show, Greg, and uh, you know, thanks for all your insights. Thank you.
1: Pleasure, Sebastian. Thank you.
0: That's in the air, this okay, that's Couch Talks.